Jesus, right? So John 3.16, so, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe in him shall have eternal life, right? So he suffered that cross for us. So he denied himself. Even though we and those people around him were persecuting him, he still loved those people. He suffered until death for those people. And that's something that we need to practice a lot more of is that long-suffering with our relationships and with our friends and our family and really start to put ourselves in the priority of, you know, God, family, everybody else, and then yourself, right? That should be the order. But instead, it's flip-flopped. We're up at top, you know, and that's not the way that God intended it to be. And Jesus is still, you know, he suffered for us, and um, but we don't have to go through that. What's that? How to convert a sinner? Well, I don't believe we're really called to convert sinners. Um, we're we have a thing in like my refrigerator door at home. Mm-hmm. It's all about uh, converting, converting a sinner. Mm-hmm. Help help the homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're called to love people, and through showing the love of God yeah. and planting seeds, God will produce that in their heart and save them, but we can't yeah. convert people. So, you know, the love of God is what converts people, not, yeah. not really us. So okay. that's, a, that's a good point. All right, so love suffers long. So love is kind. So God is kind. So our culture is not a kind culture, if you guys have looked around recently. Um, you know, we have that, like Johnny said over the or last week, the grass is greener on the other side syndrome. Like, we want what other people have. Um, but our culture is, it's just not very nice. You know, Christians are being severely persecuted right now, you know, across the world. And it's starting to happen here. Um, but Jesus, the contrast of that, because God is love, he's very kind. You know, he went out of his way to talk to the Samaritan woman at the well when most people wouldn't even go through there. You know, she was there at midday because she was probably an outcast, but he made time for her to be kind to her, to show the love of God to her, right? Same thing with us. I mean, how many people have I passed on the street that I probably knew God wanted me to talk to and share with them that I haven't? Because I was thinking, well, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got places to be. And, you know, but Jesus, one thing I really love about Jesus and respect is that he always made time for people, and he always approached them in kindness. So love is kind. Love does not envy. So this is what I meant. It's a grass is greener syndrome, right? I wish my life was as this person had it. I wish I had this job. I wish I had that car. I wish I made this much money. You know, as we talked about last week and week before, I wish I was single. Oh, man, I'm single. I wish I was married. Oh, you know, it's just, it's never enough for us. We think that once we get to that place, then we're finally going to be happy. But it's not the truth, right? Because God is what gives us our joy. So in him we are satisfied, not in these things, you know. There's many things in my life that I thought were going to satisfy me. You know, oh, once I'm a manager and I make this much money, man, I'm finally going to be happy. Nope, that was a lie. Once I'm married, man, I'm finally going to be happy. Yes, I'm a lot happier, but I'm not fulfilled from my marriage alone, right? My marriage to my wife increases my happiness. It adds to my happiness, but God has given me that to help in that way, because that's a gift from God. So my marriage alone is not what makes me happy. It's not the sole reason of my happiness, right? Again, I work in the gym. I see people working out all the time, you know, checking themselves out in the mirrors, flexing, super ripped, you know, taking all the steroids and stuff, because I think once they reach a certain 
man, if I get those abs and look like that guy in that magazine, whoo, then I'll finally be happy. I've had that. It's, no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Uh huh. Too much. Happens to the best of us for sure. That's good. Very good. So, but that's not going to make us happy and satisfied. But that's something that the world tells you, right? But that's not. Um, that's not the case because Jesus came not to be served, but to be a servant of all. Um, so he came to give his time away, right? He came to give to people and to love to people and not envy what they had. He gave everything he could away. He traveled. He didn't even have a place to live. There was no place for him. You know, even the foxes have dens, but the son of man had no place to rest. Like there was no place for him. So, so love is does not envy. Love does not parade itself, and it is not puffed up. Oh, man, get me started on our culture on this, right? So we got the selfie stick, we got selfies, we got social media, we got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun, all that fun stuff, right? It's all about Snapchat. Snapchat, yeah, and it's just all pictures of my face and pictures of what I'm doing and pictures of what I'm Look at me, look at me, look at me, right? So that's not what love is. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. You know, look at all my new clothes. I used to be puffed up. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. And I carved myself down to nothing, like 200. Mm-hmm. Now, where I'm staying in the ladies, feeding us all this food, I've gained a lot of weight. So it kind of discourages me. So I like to be in good shape, physical shape. Yeah, yeah. Being physically in shape is just as more as being spiritually in shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all, we all get, we all get puffed up in that way. Mm-hmm. Physical being and spiritual being. Mm-hmm. And it's, best, it's better off to be good being well off on both of them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like a guy like me, I'm, at my age, I have to dwell on spiritual blessings mm-hmm. and spiritual warfare that happens in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely have to keep that in mind, but yeah. you know, we can't allow it to, to puff us up. Yeah. Is what is what we're trying to say here. And Jesus, you know, Jesus, if anybody should have been puffed up, it was Jesus, because he was perfect. He was sinless, he was spotless, he was blameless, but he didn't do it. He was humble and he was meek. And he served people. So that's something that, whoo, man, it's, we struggle with. I struggle with still. You know, God's changing me. Um, I like, you know, I used to really love that stuff. And people like, oh, Josh, you're such a great trainer. Like, yeah, you're right, I am. You know, Here's an award. Oh, yeah, let me get another one. Like, you know, look at me. Look at look what I've done. But at the end of the day, none of that's going to help you into the eternal kingdom. Only Jesus will help you, right? So, um, and he even said, he asked, you know, why do you call me good? No one's good but God. Right? So he didn't even boast about himself. He didn't, he didn't need to. His reputation preceded himself. He was, he was blameless. Um, he hung out with the tax collectors and the fishermen and the people that really weren't that cool in society, right? I mean, do we have friends like that? Like, do we hang out with people of low, low class and low society and serve them and have them over for dinner? And I mean, I know I don't as much as I should. I like to be around my, my cool friends and, you know, I'll be honest, but... Um, we all have that because we all get a little puffed up in our flesh because we like to be around successful people and people that got it going on, right? We don't want to be seen with these kind of people, right? But that's not what Jesus uh, modeled for us. So if anyone had the right to be puffed up, it was Jesus, but he showed us that that's not the way because that's not what love is. So love does not behave rudely. Same thing, right? Look at what we see in our politics. Ooh, man, we got Hillary, Donald Trump. They are mean people. I don't know if you guys watch. We're not going to talk about it, but 
I mean, back and forth. She said this. He's a ra- you know, he's a racist. She, she's you know, corrupt. And it's just like it's just so rude and it's just so hateful. And like I don't even know what these people stand for. Like I'm having a hard time even comprehending what I'm going to do because I don't even know what policies we got going on. They're talking about just like they're bullies, and that's the way our world is. And everybody's just bullying people around. Oh, you believe in Jesus? Well, you must be dumb. You're not progressive like us. We believe in science, and it's just it's just so rude. And that's not the way love is. Um, you know, we got the the whole Black Lives Matter movement hating on every police officer. It's just, it's mean. It's rude, right? Of course, there's things that need to be fixed, but um, these, these hate groups are just, they're out of line. But Jesus, you know, when he was confronted with adulterous women, or with an adulterous woman, he didn't condemn her. They threw her down at his feet and said, you know, she committed adultery. What are you going to do with her? And he showed grace. He could have publicly humiliated her, and he had every right to because he's God, and he could be puffed up. But once again, he shows grace and humility, and he wasn't rude, and he wasn't mean, because that's not what love is. Love is not mean, and it's not rude. Love does not seek its own. And this is easy as well. We know we've all do it. I've done it. Um, This is a major problem we have. We put ourselves first. Um, And going back to what I said in the beginning about divorce rates, like, this is why I think a lot of divorces happen, you know, besides adultery, which you're allowed to get divorced for. It's a selfish problem because I'm not happy because I think the one thing that breaks my heart the most that I hear so much is I just fell out of love. I'm like, well, that just, that's such a bad excuse. Like, how do you just fall out of love? No, it goes back to the grass is greener syndrome because you see these people on TV on Bachelor in Paradise or whatever you're watching and they look happy and they're having fun and they're young and they're, you know, they're dating and that's what I want. So I just fell out of love. No, you fell out of lust is what happened, right? You never had love if that's the case um, because love endures as we learned before. So it does not seek its own. And Jesus did not seek his own either. Um, he said, he who seeks to be first in the kingdom will be last, right? And he who's last will be first. So again, it's not about us. It's about serving people. It's about putting others before yourself, right? In a marriage, me and my wife, if all I do is put her first, like we're supposed to, like the Bible says, and all she does is put me first, everybody's needs are met and it's perfect. And that's a picture of what it's going to be like in heaven. But if all I do is sit there all day and stew over, oh, my wife hasn't, she didn't do the dishes today. She didn't make my lunch yesterday. And I'm just going to sit here and she better know that I'm mad at her. And she's like, we didn't take the trash out. And he didn't put gas in my car. And then nobody's ever happy because I'm thinking about how my needs aren't met instead of trying to meet her needs. And it starts the crazy cycle, right? It's just, it's not a good thing to get into. So love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked and it thinks no evil. Has anybody ever been provoked before? Raise your hand. Don't need, right? So when we're provoked, we probably become evil, right? Yeah. If someone pushes your button, yeah. people know how to push your buttons. They're doing it to make you angry, which you turn evil and you get mad and you get mean and you say things you shouldn't be saying. And, you know, again, marriage happens a lot in marriage. Happens a lot with brothers and sisters. You know, growing up, I knew how to poke my brother and sister's buttons and really tick them off and they would just get evil we chase you around with, you know, I don't know, soda bottles and hate each other and just just mean. So love is not provoked. So we can't allow people to provoke us, right? Because when we're Christians, we're always on display. We're always on stage representing the Lord. And if someone says something to you, people are like, Ooh, how's a Christian going to react? 
And they're waiting. They're waiting for you to, to blow your witness, which you, you probably will sometimes, but hopefully less than, than not. Um, but we can't have that. And it's interesting, um, our society is so offended by every little thing nowadays. It's, it's crazy. Like, everything has to be politically correct. I was even reading an article today on, I forget which college it is, but these colleges are trying to eliminate um, the title of man from, like, you can't call someone a man on campus because it offends people, because they might not be a man because of the whole trans. Like, it's just like, what is happening? You can't call me a man. Well, I mean, you're a man. Like, but that's not what I, you know, it's just. They call them a male? Yeah, or a male, or like, they're trying to get rid of that, that <laughs> pronoun, I guess. I'm like, really? This makes me just want to, like, oh, just like dive in my pillow and go to sleep forever sometimes, like some of these things. And um, they're just so offended by everything. But Jesus, Jesus was not provoked, right? The Pharisees, they tried to provoke Jesus as much as they could. They tested him. They tested him over and over again about taxes, adultery, questions about his very nature. And he never turned evil. He always showed grace. And he simply gave them the truth, right? That's it. And when you do that, yeah, it's going to offend people because the gospel is offensive, right? I'm sorry, but it's the truth. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. It's the truth, right? Your feelings are not affected. It should not be affected by the facts. Or as one of... uh, a guy I listen to on the radio says, facts don't care about your feelings. It's the truth. It's just the way it is, right? Um, so we cannot be provoked and we cannot do evil when people will try to, to poke those things at us. All right, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but in truth. All right, rejoice in iniquity. Again, it's everywhere, right? I work in a gym. All day long I hear you know these groups of men walking around talking about Bro, I got so drunk last night, I don't even remember, and I hooked up with this girl, and I took these drugs, I don't even know what they were, and oh my God, it's like, why are you, they're rejoicing in iniquity, they're rejoicing in sin, yeah. and we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing that um, in our world, you know, getting drunk and hooking up with people, and um, I even heard this guy talk about this girl, and I actually turned around, he goes, yeah, bro, you know, she was, she was real cute, I hooked up with her, but I mean, her eyes were kind of too close together, and I'll go, I turn around, and I'm like, are you serious? That's how you're going to talk about a woman? Like, that's how we treat women now? And he just kind of walked away. I'm like, there's no respect for anybody anymore. It's just, it breaks my heart. Or it breaks my heart. Rejoicing in iniquity. Um, and there's people rejoicing in iniquity. They, they have parades for the LGBT community, the gay pride parades. Um, now they're applauding people for disrespecting our flag. Like, that's a cool thing now is to, like, be unpatriotic. Um, you know, like, it's cool to to, like, you know, this what our country represents apparently oh, which which yeah we're not going to get into that but yeah. these things that you know that stands for our god-given liberties and it's not okay to to do those things just because we have a right to do something doesn't mean it's right to do something right doesn't mean we have to exercise uh that right so we shouldn't be rejoicing these things and my question to us is why are we allowing people to rejoice in their iniquities why aren't we rejoicing in the truth why aren't we walking around talking about, man, my marriage is so great. Man, the Lord just is blessing us, you know. I had a great weekend. Like, I don't hear any of that. Like, I don't hear people rejoicing in the truth ever, right? Because we're scared rejoicing of... Rejoicing things that are good. Yeah, like, I don't hear people rejoicing about Jesus at work because, oh, man, you can't talk about Jesus. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, it offends people if you talk about God, but, you know, this they got rap music playing about hooking up with 
whoever, someone you don't know for the night. It's like, how is that? Like, what did we get backwards like that? I just, I don't understand it, but yet our, our culture just seems to be loving, re, uh, rejoicing in their iniquity, but not the truth. And it's because we love our sin. And that's why it's a problem. Because sin feels good and we enjoy it. Television and watch all this iniquity, and mm-hmm. it's like they're using it for entertainment too. So mm-hmm. It's like, why? Why mm-hmm. are you even watching this? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Like MMA fighting. <laughs> That's terrible. I can't. I can't watch that stuff. Like two men just trying to basically kill each other with their bare fists. Like, why are we excited over that? And they're making millions and millions of dollars off of this, like this vile sport. Like, I don't personally support it. And it's just like, why are we rejoicing in things like that? You know, you know, it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not something we should be doing. Um, and it's one thing to love people through these things if they're doing them, but it's another to just allow them to continue doing them and turn the blind eye to what they're doing, right? If you were on a no trespassing zone and they said, no trespassing or violators will be shot, I would probably tell you, hey man, you probably shouldn't be trespassing because the consequences are going to get shot, right? So why are we allowing people to trespass on God's law when we know the consequence? Because we're scared that we might offend them? Because we're scared that we might hurt their feelings. Like, come on, there's a, there's a bigger bigger issue at hand here. Lack of correctness is destroying, I think it's, I think it's secretly been destroying the fabric of this country for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we combat that with the truth of the gospel. You know, the cross, that's how we combat that. Because that's what the world's trying to push on us, and we have to be the light in the darkness. You know, I always say, my example is my cell phone, right? So I take my cell phone out, I say, when would be the best time to use this? Now? Or if we turn the lights off? Well, it's supposed to be used when the lights are off, right? Just like us. We're supposed to be used when it's dark outside, and it's dark. So we're called to a time such as this. Um, so Jesus, God, does not rejoice. He rejoices in the truth. He rejoices, you know, when a, bo- a little boy is healed of cancer. When you share with your friend the gospel, when you, when you come and you come to Bible study on Wednesday night, even though you're too tired, or you come to lead worship, even though... You know, you just want to go to sleep or someone calls you an hour and a half before the message and asks you if you can teach and you kind of just want to go home and hang out with your wife and eat some, some cauliflower rice, which I don't even know what that is, but like, he rejoices in those things. It sounds good, but it, we were, he rejoices in those things because we're putting him first, right? We're suffering along with him. We're, we're exercising love in that obedience to um, what he's called us to do. All right, to finish up here. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Right? So this is the standard that none of us can live up to because we're sinful. We just can't do it, right? You know, I tried my whole life until I was 22. I mean, it might not sound like a long time, but I mean, I bore a lot of stuff. You know, I I bore my life. I believed in my life. I had hope for my life. Um, I endured for my life. I tried to put all my back and pull myself by my bootstraps up and... um, that left me where? It left me broken, shattered in the you know, on the floor. I'll be honest. I was on the floor of a 24-hour fitness gym bathroom crying out to the Lord to take it away. And thankfully, praise God, that he did that day and I felt the weight lift off my shoulders. But we're not designed to bear those things, right? We're not. We can't do it. And we try. A lot of people try to tell me that it should have never worked out. Mm-hmm. My muscles are not big like it used to be in mm-hmm. high school. Mm-hmm. I want to get back in shape. Mm-hmm. It made me feel good when I was healthy and strong. Yeah. When I got mentally ill, I lost my strength. Mm-hmm. I lost my devotion to be good by the body. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Kind of like a hard, hard sure, yeah, and we're just not we're not strong enough to bear the weight of our sins, right? Yeah. That's what Jesus did. He he bore all the things that I did wrong in my life. He bore them the full weight on the cross. So he bore those things for me. Love did that for me. He believed and he had hope that I would come to him someday, and I did. And he endured the punishment of sin and the separation from the Father so that I wouldn't have to, right? So. I'll finish with this, and we're going to read the section again, but um, this is one of my favorite things to do with the Bible is I like to replace, because the Bible says God is love, so I like to replace the word love with God. So we're going to read it that way, and we'll finish there. So, verse 4, God suffers long and is kind. God does not envy. God does not parade itself. He is not puffed up. He does not behave rudely, does not seek his own. He is not provoked, thinks no evil. He does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. He bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And first part of verse 8, God never fails. So God, love, if we're in that perfect love, will never fail. Amen? Amen. All right, let's, let's pray. Dear God, we just, uh, we just thank you for this time, Lord, uh, where we can just come and just learn about your love, Lord, and learn about who you are. And we just thank you, Lord, that no matter what we do, you don't love us more, you don't love us less, but... You just love us, Lord. You are love. You're the embodiment of it. And we can't comprehend it, Lord, because our love is, is conditional. We have conditions to the love that we give to people in our lives. And you are not like that, Lord, because you are perfect. And your unconditional love just blows me away more and more every day. Just the fact that you would allow me to come here tonight and just teach this message is just such a blessing to be able to share the love that you provide for us with your children is... Um, just such a great honor, Lord. And I pray that you would reach us and touch us and um, help us just seek out that love that you have for us, Lord, and to deny ourselves and to suffer along with you and um, to not be provoked with evil and all these things that we learned today, Lord, that we would just abide in love, Lord, abide in you, abide in your Son who took the cross for us. So I pray that you'd be with us this week. Um, and please, please be with Pastor Johnny as he's uh, just spending time with his wife and um, be with him right where he is. So please bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome.